Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. So thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in our church. God, we just thank you that you're fun. We thank you that um, joy is from heaven. We thank you that uh, joy is a third of the kingdom. And Father, we just thank you that um, you're raising us up, God, that in every situation and every hardship, you're raising us up to be the people that you've, that you've called us to be and that you say that we are. And so we just receive all that you have for us this morning. God, we just pray that you're just taking this truth this morning and that you're just um, increasing us, God, increasing us. I just know there's so many big people in this house, but you're just making us even bigger on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week I talked about prophetic promises and uh, talked about declaring them, uh, figuring out what the prophetic promises are over your life, declaring them, partnering with them, and visualizing them, starting to actually partner in the way of just visualizing, like seeing yourself doing what God's called you to do and, and stepping into it, even in your imagination. And, and just, you know, if God's calling you into praying for the sick, start imagining that. You know, this morning, I just imagined people getting healed before it happened. I just imagined backs getting healed and elbows getting healed. And just like, you know, because what the enemy wants you to do is to imagine, you know, the opposite. He wants to imagine, okay, I'm going to call up backs and, and, and shoulder or, uh, and elbows and nobody's going to stand or somebody's going to stand and nobody's going to get healed. And so that's the thoughts of the enemy. They're easy to discern. And so you can laugh at those and start to imagine God showing up and people getting healed. And so we want to start visualizing. Whatever it is, if God's calling you into a business or to start a business, you want to start visualizing that or, or figuring out uh, what that looks like. So, um, and I hope you're starting to partner with your prophetic promises in that way. But the next step, um, so sometimes when, sometimes when, I know Joy is like this too, but when, when we're getting messages, it's like germinating in us. And it's like, after we even speak a message, a lot of times it's still germinating and we're still getting more and more and more. And so I wonder if you give me the grace. I want to add something to, to what I spoke last week. And I just felt it was important and that it will be helpful. So the next step in, so after you know your prophetic promises and you're, you're beginning to partner with them, you're beginning to declare, to declare them, you're beginning to visualize it happening. The, the next step after that is figuring out what your step of faith is. So this can be tricky because it is, it's a step of faith that's partnering with what God wants to do in your life. And it's not taking the wheel from Jesus and saying, okay, I got this, Jesus, hold my beer. Okay, it's not that. It's not taking control and taking over, but it's what's the step that you take in that direction that's actually partnering with what God is speaking over your life. Amen? So God honors faith. And, and I, th- I believe that's the next step in that message is figuring out, you know, you're, you're declaring them, you're partnering with them, you're seeing it happen, but then figuring out, God, what's my step of faith? You know, like I was talking about, if, if you are um, feeling like you're going to be re- laying your hands on the sick and seeing them healed, like maybe your goal is like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually... Look for someone that needs healing and, uh, and approach them this week and pray for them. That's my step of faith. 
What's your step of faith? So for some, it may be scheduling an activity. I felt this last week, um, scheduling an activity in the future that you can't do now if you have a physical limitation and you're believing God for healing, schedule a future activity in faith that you're going to be healed by that time and able to do it, which you couldn't do now. Uh, for some, it could be, look like taking those steps and starting a business. To, maybe, maybe it's even just doing the research, taking the step towards that thing that God's showing you to do. For others, it could just be looking in the mirror each day and just making a positive declaration over yourself and just agreeing in faith with something that, that God is calling you into. So what is the action step that helps you connect your faith to what God promises over you? So I just wanted to add that. Thank you for giving me the grace to kind of just add that. I feel like that'll really be helpful. And if you didn't hear last week's message, um, I encourage you to check that out. It's on our podcast. So this morning's message is strengthen yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. It's, it's so important to know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Now, there's so many leaders in this room, but you know, even if leadership as defined by John Maxwell is influence. So if you're influencing even one person, you are leading them. You're a leader. So everybody here is a leader. And especially leaders, we need to know how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So I want to just speak this over you this morning. I believe it'll be really helpful. It's been extremely helpful in my life, this message. Uh, this is a message I've, I've, I've preached about three years ago, and it's been just continuing to evolve, and I feel like there's just new insight in it. But I want, to I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and uh, we're going to read starting in verse 1. I'm in the New American Standard, 1 Samuel chapter 30. This is an amazing story. And actually, Michael talked about Ziklag, and I'm about, we're about to read about Ziklag. 1 Samuel 30, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Then it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag and had overthrown Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone, and carried them off and went their way. When David and his men came back to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So this, this is an amazing story. There's, there's a lot of things that when you kind of know the context of what's going on, it, it adds a lot to the story. So David, these men that are with him now, these are the men that will go on to become his mighty men, like the most feared, the most respected warriors. These were the men that were talking about killing him right now. And here's another interesting piece of the story is this, this where this is happening time-wise is this is after David is running from Saul. So Saul he's, has kind of made it known that he's going to kill David. David is, is fleeing. And this city, Ziklag, it's actually a Philistine city that was given to David. Can okay, let that sink in for a second. This is after David's killed Goliath. 
This is after David's been just decimating the Philistines. And when they find out that he's actually parted ways with Saul, like kind of like as a like truce, they're like, here, take this city. Please stop destroying us. Because David had so much favor when it came to the Philistines. So this is a Philistine city that they gave to David and his men. So David and his men, they're out, and while they're out, the Amalekites come, and they raid the village, they burn it down, they take their wives, and they take their children, and then they're coming back to this site. You can imagine, as they're coming back to their city, they probably see the smoke from their city that's on fire, and they get back to their city, and not only is their city burned, but all their wives, all their children had been taken, and they probably don't know if they're dead or alive. Okay, so this is a desperate situation. You can imagine how David must have felt at that moment. And now to make matters worse, his own men are saying, David's the problem, let's stone him. So I know we've all had low moments, but that's, that's a pretty low moment, you would agree. I don't know if my family is alive or dead. My city's burned down and my own men are talking about killing me. So David had a hard moment, to say the least. And it said, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord. One of the greatest things that you can learn to do is how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. So how do, how do we do this? How do we strengthen ourselves in the Lord? You know, having people in our life uh, that's spiritual mentors, pastors, friends, this is awesome and, and to have those people in our life that can encourage us. But so many times I know in my own life, so many times in those really difficult moments, I really, you know, you may not be able to get to that person quickly, and you need to know how to just strengthen yourself. I mean, David didn't have time to be like, hey, I need to call my pastors and elders, and he's like, okay, I need to strengthen myself in the Lord right now, and we need to know how to strengthen ourselves without having other people strengthen us. Now, it's great to have other people strengthen you. It's great that we have that. We love that, and, and when we can go to those people, it's awesome, but here's what I found. is times when I've had to strengthen myself in the Lord, and I didn't have those people to build me up. It's actually increased my spiritual walk quicker than it would have with someone else encouraging me. Because when, when you're going to the Lord and you're like, okay, God, it's just me and you, and you start to hear from the Lord, this will greatly impact your heart and increase your spiritual walk quicker than if you're hearing it from somebody else. Like, you know, it's going to be okay. We're hearing it from a person, and that's, again, this is great. But when you're going directly to God and he's just feeding you and you're like, okay, I've heard this from God. This, isn't, this is why as pastors, we don't often like hear the voice of God for you and say, this is what God says to you. Like, we'll do that. But for the most part, when people are coming up and when we're praying with people, we're encouraging people to hear from the Holy Spirit themselves because then they have a word to hold on to that's not from Pastor Daniel, which, you know, my word is something, but God's word is, Wow. Right? And so they don't have to rely on my words, but they're like, whoa, Holy Spirit just spoke to me. So David strengthened himself in the Lord. I love this quote by Bill Johnson. He says, I'm five minutes away from discouragement all the time. All I have to do is focus on the wrong things. That's why Philippians 4.8 um, has changed my life, and it's still changing my life. But Philippians 4.8, if you don't know, it's, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are beautiful, lovely, truthful, good report, virtue, virtuous, focus, set your mind, meditate on these things. As we meditate on those things, it actually takes us out of the discouragement. 
So how do we strengthen ourselves in the Lord? So number one, remind yourself of what God has said. Remind yourself of what God has said. This is the unseen, what you haven't seen, but God has said it. And this ties in a lot with prophetic promises, reminding yourself the prophetic promises that are over your life. What does God say over you in this situation? So we don't know exactly what David did. I would love if they would have broken that down step by step for us. And this is how David did it. We don't really know that. But we can take some educated guesses based on what we know about David. So we don't know exactly what he did, but I believe he reminded himself of the prophetic promises over his life. See, God had told him, you are going to be the next king of Israel. And that had not happened yet. So I believe David stepped away and he's like, okay, God, there's unfulfilled promises in my life. You've told me I'm going to be the next king of Israel, and that has not happened yet. I do not die here today. This is not the end of me. Remind yourself of what God has said. What are the promises that he's spoken over you? Romans 3, 4, this verse will change your life. It says, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. Let me tell you something. If every person on planet Earth says something and it's contrary to what God says, everyone on planet Earth is wrong. Let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. I'm not trying to find out what culturally is true right now. I need to know what God says is true, and that's going to be my compass. Let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. So remind yourself of what God has said. Remind yourself of the unseen things that he's spoken over you. Review your prophetic promises. Ask yourself, this is interesting. I heard Bill say this a while back too. He said, I guarantee you, if you're facing a hardship right now, he said, I guarantee you that if you look at the prophetic words you've been getting, the verses that have been standing out to you, the things that have been, you know, the dreams that you've had, the things that have just been uh, speaking to your spirit, he goes, I guarantee you the Lord's been preparing you for this moment for months. And so we review even this, the prophetic promises, but we ask ourselves, what are the rhema words that have been getting? What are the scriptures that have been jumping off the page? And I guarantee you, and this is so true, once I heard Bill say this, I was like, man, that's proven so true in my life. Like the words that he's been speaking over you, the verses, the things even that stand out to you that don't make sense, start to make sense. I've gotten prophetic words before where I was like, I like that, but I just don't know how I apply it right now. And then a week later, something happens, and I'm like, oh, that's how I apply it. God was preparing me for something to come. So number one, remind yourself what God has said. I believe that's what David did. He's like, Lord, you've spoken over me. I'm going to be the next king of Israel, and that has not happened yet. And I believe your word is true. Your word is more true than what everything looks like right now in my situation. What are the promises in Scripture that you need to grab onto? So whatever situation you're in, what are the promises that you need to grab onto? Grab onto those promises. I know I've heard so many testimonies of people that have been sick, and they just found every single scripture in the Bible that talked about healing, and they're like, these are my promises. I'm going to believe these. I'm going to confess these. I'm going to stand on these. That's amazing. That's faith. 
That's activating faith in your life. If you're in a financial hardship, find about five or 10 verses that are just declaring over you prophetic promises that God is going to take care of you and start to declare those, start to believe those. Amen? Remind yourself of what God has said. What's God been speaking over you? What's, what's God been saying to you in your dreams? I love Neil's dream. The words and the promises of the Lord are like the rudder of your ship. The words and the promises of the Lord over you, let those be the rudder of your ship. So it's always tempting to be like, man, this doesn't look good. My emotions aren't really doing good right now, and I'm going to let that be the rudder of my ship. I'm heading towards shame and sadness and anxiety and stress and I'm going that way. But let God's promises be the rudder of your ship, regardless of what you're feeling, regardless of what the situation looks like. It's really good for David that he didn't let the rudder of his ship be what the people around him were saying and what, what he saw with his eyes. He saw a city burned down. He saw his family taken. And he didn't allow that to be the rudder of his ship, or he probably would, would have just given up right there. But he said, no, I need to let the rudder of my ship be what God has said. This is where I'm heading. I'm not dying today. I'm not, this isn't how this ends. Amen? Let the words that God say be the rudder of your ship. Whatever problem or challenging you're facing, review the word of the Lord or the scripture that answers that specific problem. Romans 8:28. God uses all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So it's, it's very similar to that prophetic word that um, Neil gave today. You might be in the, in the midst of what looks like disaster. You might be in the midst of what looks like you're not going to make it. And even in the midst of that, know that God is using your challenges to shape you and grow you if you allow. If you allow. I know some of the hardest moments of my life have been the biggest setups for breakthrough. So some of the hardest moments where it looks thing, things look really bad is, man, it's very in line with that prophetic word that Neil gave. When things look bad, it's not God's left you. He's actually setting you up. He's causing what he wants to come into your life. So we have that to hold on to. What has God said? God, you've said, all things are going to work together for my good. And I know that you are using this to strengthen me, to build me up, to increase me, to teach me. Often in your hard moments, God, what are you teaching me right now? What do I need to learn? What am I missing? God will never send you into a battle ill-equipped. As I said, there's probably words and things that have been jumping out to you that he's been trying to get into you to prepare you for this challenge that you're facing. So number one, remind yourself of what the Lord has said over you, the unseen promises that have not been fulfilled. Number two, review the testimony of the Lord. Review the testimony of the Lord. David, probably in that moment, you remember when he goes to fight Goliath and, and Saul literally tells him, like, you can't do this. Like, 
this is, thanks for your offering. Really appreciate it. But this man is a seasoned warrior. He's going to destroy you. You have no chance. He literally tells him, you can't do this, David. What does David say? David starts to tell him stories of what God's done in his life. I've actually killed a lion. I've actually killed a lion with my bare hands. I've killed a bear that tried to come and, and harm the sheep. He starts to, he's telling the testimony of what God's done in his life and it even, even encourages Saul. And Saul's like, well, maybe, <laughs> Saul's like, well, maybe he can do it he, if he's killed a bear. So he's just remembering what God has done in his life. So number two, review the testimony of the Lord. Remind yourself what God has done in your life. I believe in that moment when David's there and it looks really bad, he's like, wait, God, I faced a nine-foot giant and there's no reason I should have won and I took him out. I took him out. Remind yourself what God has done in your life. And you can feel your hope start to rise. You can feel your confidence level go up. Review your testimony. Your testimony is the record of God's activity in your life that reveals who he is. Review your testimony. And we know the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So when you're reviewing your testimony, you're even prophesying over yourself. God, you've shown up in my life before, and you're going to show up now, again. Review the testimony of the Lord. When a testimony is shared, it carries with it prophetic anointing. It carries with it prophetic anointing. So even for your own life, when you're sharing and reviewing your own testimony, you're prophesying over yourself. God, you protected me when I went against Goliath. And not only did you protect me, but I actually took his head that day. And he's prophesying over himself for what's about to happen. Our staff meetings here at Awaken Life Church, we always start our, our staff meetings with testimonies. That's the first thing we do is, what's God doing and what are the testimonies in our church? We want to set our focus there. We want to remember, like, what's God doing? And that's what we're going to focus on. Remember what Philippians 4.8 says, focus on virtuous things, good things, what God is doing, honorable things. So that's where we want our focus to be, is on what God's doing, not what he's not doing. But we want to focus on what he's doing. Surround yourself with the testimony of the Lord. We're getting ready to, to do our testimony wall. So that wall is going to be testimonies, and we're going to have it categorized by different things like healing, physical healing, emotional healing, financial breakthrough. And so you could literally just walk over there and be like, okay, I'm grabbing onto so-and-so's testimony. God showed up in their, in their finances, and I'm taking that for myself. By the way, when we're giving prophetic words, you know, if, if you're like, you know, never be disappointed. Like, oh, I would have liked to got a word. You know, you can grab onto another word. Be like, hey, I, that's, that's mine too. I'm taking that one. If it's the word of the Lord, you are completely within your <laughs> rights as a Christian to be like, that's my word too. I'm taking that one. I've done that many times. I've been in meetings where I'm like, I need that word. Okay, that's mine. <laughs> it's legal, I promise. Surround yourself with the testimony of the Lord. That's what we're going to do literally. We're going to be surrounded with testimonies. Live off the testimony of the Lord. It's spiritual food. That's why we start our staff meetings that way. We want to talk about what God's doing. We want to have our focus on what he's doing. 
Your testimony, it's, it's a monument, and the testimonies that we get in, in this body, they're monuments for all of us to look at. We had a great testimony um, just a few weeks ago where someone had uh, gallstones at a scan with gallstones that they could see in the scan, and they were prayed for here, and they went back and they had a new scan with no gallstones. That's a great testimony that you can grab onto for any kind of physical healing. Be like, wow, God showed up. He did something. We have a verified miracle. Amen. So we want those monuments, and that's what that wall is going to be. It's going to be monuments of what God has done that we can look at and be like, wow, God, you're healing people. You're coming through in finances. You're coming through emotionally for people. You're breaking anxiety in people's lives. So number one, what has God done? Remind yourself of what God has said. Sorry, yeah, remind yourself of what God has said, number one, the unseen. Number two, review the testimony of the Lord. What's seen? So the first one is what's unseen, what you haven't seen yet. Second is reminding yourself of what you have seen. Number three, I added this one. This is new, but it's, it's not new to our church, but it's new for this message. Laugh at lies. Laugh at lies. We, we talked about this in our, in our Bible study on a, a Wednesday, our revival group. Laugh at lies. The scriptural basis for this is Psalm chapter 2. It says, this is David writing this, right? And he, he says, God sits in the heavens and he laughs. And when you look at the context, he says he's laughing at the lies of the enemy. He's laughing at the things his enemies are saying about him. And so Steve Backlund, he, heard, he read that verse and he goes, Father, if you're laughing at lies, I want to laugh at lies. And he started doing this in his life where he would, he would ask the Lord, like, Lord, when he would be discouraged or something was going on, he'd be like, Lord, what, what lie am I believing right now? And the Holy Spirit would speak to him, and he would just start laughing, like, hysterically. And just even fake, you know, faking it until, it, like, it would, real laughs would start to come up. And what he started realizing in his life is, like, the power of that lie would get broke when he started laughing at it. He would see the power of that lie and the effect that it had in his emotions. He would see that start to break as he's laughing at this lie. And so it's something that we've integrated into our life. And man, I can tell you, if there's one thing I could point to, because I, I used to have a lot of discouragement in my life, and if there's one thing I could point to, and now I'm, I'm almost always encouraged. And if there's one thing I could point to, it's laughing at lies to be like, that's what took me out of discouragement and into encouragement. It's very, very powerful. So in those hard moments, might need to laugh at some lies. What lies have crept in during this hard moment? Or here's, here's, here's a big one. What lies are being triggered right now? Maybe some lies deep in there that, you know, we have to go through a hard moment for them to actually be triggered. So when you go through these hard moments, you're often finding out what's been in the recesses of your belief system. And when it's triggered, you're like, oh, no. I thought I had dealt with that, but it's being triggered, and God is exposing lies. And so this is really powerful to begin to unpartner with these lies, repent for those lies, say, God, I'm sorry, I believe this. I need you to change my mind. I need to believe what you say. Start to say what he says in place of that lies. So powerful, so powerful. So I want to just tell you just practically how, how we laugh at lies, because we do this on a regular basis. <laughs> and I've seen, I've been in the bathroom brushing my teeth before, and I'm like, ha, 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 ha. And my little son comes in, he goes, Dad, you're laughing at lies, aren't you? <laughs> so even they're learning 
And so I just want to tell you practically what this looks like. So, you know, you feel discouragement come on or you're in a hard situation and um, you're like, okay, here's, here's a thought that goes really well with this. Um, here's a couple of great quotes. Let me just pick one. I'll use this one. I think this man, his name is Francis Frangipan. He's got a good name. And he says, any thought that you have in your heart, in your mind, that's not causing you to glisten with hope, any thought that comes that's not just causing hope to just rise up in you and you're just glistening with hope, it's a lie from the enemy and it can become a stronghold in your life if you leave that thought. Now, I butchered it a little bit, but it's similar to that. So basically, any thought that doesn't cause you to glisten with hope is not God's thought. It's not God's thought for you. So if you, if you have that as, as your benchmark, hey, I'm having some thoughts right now that are not causing glistening hope. They're actually causing discouragement. It's not from the Lord. It's a lie of the enemy. So you can start to discern, like, okay, I'm having some thoughts that are not from the Lord. God's thoughts are going to cause me to glisten with hope. So when these thoughts come, you can go to the Holy Spirit and just say, Holy Spirit, what lies am I believing right now? And he'll start to speak to you. And this, by the way, doing this is cultivating you, hearing the voice of God in your life. That's, that's probably the, the biggest benefit I've got from doing this. It's not just breaking discouragement. Probably the bigger benefit is cultivating, hearing the voice, voice of God. This is what you're doing. You're going to the Lord. Okay, Lord, I feel like I'm believing some lies. What lies am I believing? He will start to speak to you. Say the lie out loud. Sometimes lies sound really true in the back of our mind. And the moment we speak it out loud, it, it's, a lot of times sounds ridiculous. You're like, oh, that's the thing I'm believing? That's stupid. That's happened so many times. Say the lie out loud and begin to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Often I will start like that with a fake laugh, and it becomes a real laugh. And one of my declarations is I hysterically laugh at the lies of the enemy. And so I'm, I'm asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I'm hysterically laughing yet. I have some room to grow in laughing at lies. I want to hysterically laugh at the lies of the enemy. When you laugh at lies, we've been doing this for about four years now, you will feel the power of that discouragement start to break. You will feel it break. And then here's very important. The next thing is, okay, I'm repenting of that lie. I'm laughing at that lie. Holy Spirit, what's the truth? And Take what he speaks to you, and you say, that's what I'm going to declare. This, and you declare that. You say, God, I believe this. I repent of that. This is what I believe. This is Romans 12, too. Don't be conformed by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is a huge, awesome tool in renewing your mind. So number three, laugh at lies. And I got one more for you. Surround yourself with faith-filled people. In your hardest moments, surround yourself with faith-filled people. Come to church. Come to revival group. Come to revival nights. A trick of the enemy is getting you to stop coming to church when you need it the most. See this all the time. And we've all, felt, we've all been there. As a pastor, like <laughs> our old pastor had a saying, he... he get up in the morning and look at his wife and go, honey, I don't want to go to church today. And she'd look back at him and go, you have to go. You're the pastor. So we've all had those moments, even as pastors, like, wow, I'm not feeling it today. That's the time when you most need to be there. That's the time when you most need to be there. 
So get around faith-filled people. If you're sick, by the way, this is, man, there's so many traps that we have in our culture that says like, hey, this is a good thing to do and that we believe culturally, but it's actually a lie of the enemy. If you're sick, don't surround yourself with sick people. Surround yourself with people who are well. Surround yourself with people that have been healed. It's such a lie of the enemy, like even this, like, man, I gotta be sensitive here, but I'll just leave it there. Don't, don't surround, if you, if you need breakthrough and, and, and like, Addiction, don't surround yourself with people who are addicted. Surround yourself with people who have overcame completely or are well. Amen? Surround yourself with faithful people. So number one, what has God said? Remind yourself of what God has said, the unseen. Number two, review the testimony of the Lord. What have you seen? Number three, laugh at lies. And number four, surround yourself with faith-filled people. By the way, a church is a hospital. It's not a place where you have to pretend that you have it all together. Often that's why people won't come to church when they're struggling, because they're like, I don't have it all together right now. And I don't want to go be with all those people that have it all together. Like, none of us have it all together. (laughs) I'll tell you a secret. None of us have it all together. We're all working on things. We all have areas of our life that we're not thrilled about and that we're like, God, you need to help me in this area. So don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't fall into that trap of running away from community when you need it the most. Don't allow negative people to influence your life. Love them, influence them, but don't let them influence you. You've got to be very careful. I know there's a season when we were making the transition into coming to church, and I was kind of leaving my old life behind. I was a rock, rock star in clubs and bars and around all those people. I mean, living that rock star kind of life and doing with a lot of the wrong crowd. And I know there was a time when we were transitioning into like, oh, my life's actually, I'm going to pursue God, and that's what I'm actually supposed to do, that I couldn't handle being with the people that I hung out with. I had to, like, distance myself, and it wasn't, you know, because I was trying to be mean to them or trying to be judgmental to them or pretend that I'm better than them is because I could not handle it. Like being in that circle of influence, I'd feel pulled right back into that life. And so now there's a point where God will grow you and grow you and heal you and heal you where you'll be able to actually minister to them, not make them your best bud and hang out with them, but you'll actually be able to be around them and minister to them. So don't allow negative people to influence your life. Love them, influence them, but don't let them influence you. So let's read the end of the story. 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to go verse 7. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, please bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? And he said to him, Pursue, for you will surely overtake them, and you will surely rescue all. Drop down to verse 17. David slaughtered them from twilight until the evening of the next day, and not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. 
So David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and rescued his two wives, but nothing of theirs was missing, whether great or small, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that they had taken captive for themselves. David brought it all back. So David had captured all the sheep and the cattle, which the people drove ahead of the other livestock. And they said, this is David's spoil. David recovered all. He recovered all. In your worst moments, know that God is with you. God is for you. He's using all things together for your good, and he will help you recover all that it seems like the enemy is trying to take. In fact, he's setting you up for something greater than your current status. He's setting you up. You're not getting set back. You're being set up. God doesn't cause sickness to come into our life. He doesn't cause bad situations, but he's really amazing at setting us up for breakthrough. He's really amazing at doing that. So watch for the breakthrough. Start to rejoice. The Bible says rejoice during trials. Wow, I'm in a hard trial. This means I'm getting poised for a breakthrough. Amen? (laughs) Often your hardest moments become a launching point for your life. Certainly been true in my life. So something happened this morning, and I was like, Lord, should I share that? And I was like, yeah, I should. Um, So yesterday, uh, Tia and I, Tia had actually won tickets to NASCAR at school. And so yesterday, we were at NASCAR all day, and and we had the most fun time. It was awesome. I didn't know I'd have that much fun. And we had a really great time. And um, she had tickets, and and, uh, I thought they were tickets for the whole weekend. So, and today is the main race. Today is like the big one. And so I was like, well, it starts at 12. So I was like, okay, we're not going to make it, you know, or 12.30. So I was like, well, we're not going to make it. So let's let's pass these tickets to someone who could go, you know. And so we reached out to uh, my brother-in-law. And uh, we're like, hey, we want to bless you with these tickets. And, and this, we had so much fun. And it's him and his son you know, we're thinking of. And he's like, oh, awesome. He lives in Mesa. So he dro- drives all the way up to our house to get these tickets. And we're just telling him about how awesome this is going to be. And we're just so happy to be able to bless him because he's just blessed us so much and just helped us a lot. So we're like, oh, finally we get to really bless David, you know. So, so I'm getting ready this morning for church, and my phone's dinging, and I'm getting phone calls, and so finally, I'm like, okay, go see what's going on. So anyway, I talked to Dave, and he's like, hey, man, the tickets you gave me, they're only for tomorrow, or for, for Saturday. They're not for today. And so I'm like, oh, I'm like discouraged. I'm like, man, we really wanted to bless him, and you know, now, now we can't bless him. And I'm like, oh, man, that's discouraging. And I was just starting to, you know, some lies are creeping in, like, hey, you should have looked more at those tickets, like, you know, you really put him out, and, you know, he's going to think you're flaky, because all these lies are coming in, right? So I'm leaving, and, you know, Joy's coming later, obviously, right now. <laughs> he got me. So I'm leaving, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm feeling kind of bummed now about that, the whole ticket thing, and I was like, you know, and she goes, strengthen yourself in the Lord. <laughs> she goes, strengthen yourself. I was like, oh, yeah, that is what I'm speaking about. <laughs> That is what I'm talking about. So on the, from the drive, I got about a 12 to 15-minute drive here. I was, I was like, okay, I need my own message, and I need to strengthen myself in the Lord. And I went through these, one, two, three, four. And I was discouraged when I got in my truck to come here. And by the time I got here, I was completely encouraged just by going through these steps. And I know that's a smaller thing, but learn. This is, this is a key. It felt like this is why God wanted me to share that, even though that's a smaller thing. Learn to strengthen yourself, to encourage yourself in the small things. 
And then when you get to the big thing, you'll be like, I've got victories. I've got some battles that God has taken me through and I've got breakthrough in. And I know how to strengthen myself in the Lord. Start with the small things. And when the big thing comes, you'll be prepared. Amen? This, I'm telling you, this stuff works. God's word works. We don't have to live discouraged. We don't have to be thermostats and just adjust to whatever climate that's happening around us, but we can strengthen ourselves. We can actually be, um, actually, I said that wrong, didn't I? We can be the thermostat. We don't have to adjust to the temperature of the room. We can be the thermostat. Amen. All right, stand to your feet this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much, God. What an honor it is to be in your presence. We just thank you for what you did. We thank you for the healings. God, we say more, more, more. If you need healing, just say, God, I receive. God, I receive. Thank you, Jesus. We say more. Do it again, Lord. The healings you did today, more, 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 more. God, the words that went forth today, Lord, let them produce such beautiful fruit in the people's lives. God, the words that went forth for all of us, God, let them produce such beautiful, beautiful fruit in our life, God. God, teach us how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. God, teach us that we don't have to adjust to the degree of the temperature that we walk into, but that we can be the thermostat, that we can learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We can learn to encourage ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. God, increase our confidence in you, not in ourselves, in you. The Bible says, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So God, teach us how to be strong in you, God. Teach us how to, when we encourage ourselves, when we strengthen ourselves, it's not that we're trying to get self-confidence up. We're just depending on the Lord. We're actually depending on the Lord, and we're looking to him to get strengthened. So Father, we just thank you. I speak strength, strength, strength over the people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.